Welcome everyone to our weekly discussion podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle. And I'm Pastor Holly. And we just want to say happy beginning of Holy Week. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really know how to start that. Like last week. Yeah. Let's just try something different. I wasn't even sure like where you were going. (laughs) That happy what Monday? Happy. Yeah, right. Happy happy Monday, everybody. (laughs) It's a great day. This is such a fun time of year, Pastor Holly. Yeah. I love uh, Holy Week. Yes. And so for those of you who maybe if you're listening and you don't know, Holy Week is that time in the spring uh, where we celebrate the last week of Jesus's life on earth. Right. Starts on Palm Sunday, which is what we just had, uh, and then continues on. Actually, there's a number of weeks. There's, uh, on, there's a Thursday focus called... Monday Thursday, mm-hmm. which usually celebrates the time where Jesus was with his disciples in the upper room in the Last Supper, the last supper. And yeah, all of that, and then Good Friday, mm-hmm. which is the the day that Jesus we we remember uh, Jesus' crucifixion, right? And it's followed three days later by Easter Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebration, woo! It is. It, it's such a roller coaster of a week, right? Because yeah. we're, we're, there's there's like. Praise and proclamation, and yeah. then there's this like foreshadowing kind of somber meal, and then Good Friday is a, a day of of deep grief and sadness mm-hmm. that we embrace, uh, which in itself is unusual, right? Yes. And then Easter, Easter is like, and then bunnies. Then- <laughs> It's like, wait, what? We wait just a had Good second. Friday bunnies. <laughs> That's that's wow! You added a new dimension to yeah, the roller coaster. Go. That's like an upside down loop on the <laughs> roller coaster. Take that, <laughs> Jesus! What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for bunnies. <laughs> this is getting crazy. Wow! We need to reel this one back yeah. in. <laughs> uh, There's always kind of fun, like, and so many different churches, and I, you know, I don't know what your your old church the. If you're listening, what your church experience has been, yeah. but obviously culturally, uh, the Easter bunny is a huge deal, yeah. and the Easter eggs, and most churches have Easter egg hunts and that kind of thing. But um, I've been at places before where they, you know, decorate with bunnies. Uh, oh, cute! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's always this kind of interesting dynamic between like the Easter bunny and the resurrection of Jesus. Kind of, right. what's our focus? Yes, yeah. yeah, and how to how to celebrate the cultural celebration yeah. along with the 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 religious celebration. Yes. Uh, always tricky. Yeah, yeah, always tricky. But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because <laughs> we're not at Easter yet. See, I think that's actually. I'm glad we're kind of joking about this, but I think that's actually one of the. Uh, things that is tough about Holy Week, which is to not skip ahead yeah. to Easter. Right. Like to linger in Palm Sunday and Good Friday. We, I, I mean, some places do Monday, Thursday uh, events. Yeah. We usually don't. We just kind of focus on Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter. Right. Um, so we don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much. And so uh, we are going to get to the celebration. But we want to start with what you had just mentioned is this kind of interesting beginning this Sunday yeah this Palm Sunday which feels like a celebration uh but we're not quite yet there right we've certainly treated it as a celebration yeah. in the church right it's a, a day of singing praises and hosannas yeah. and parading around with our palm branches and uh and and it's it's kind of an exciting time but I think there's uh there's a little more to it yeah. than that um which actually is the 
point yes. of Palm Sunday, right? That there's more to it. That's you're absolutely right. I love Palm Sunday. We say this said this in the in the weekly teaching, but I love Palm Sunday because it is an annual opportunity for us to examine uh, kind of our expectations uh, we about who Jesus is. Yeah, and to do so, Palm Sunday is not subtle about what's happening in the story. And so, on the one hand, uh, it is kind of this public recognition of Jesus as King. Mm-hmm. So. Last year, uh, we kind of mapped out how Jesus, uh, the way that he enters into Jerusalem, we kind of talked about how he has all of these cool connections with the actual actions that he's taking, the donkey that he rides in on, all that kind of stuff, and how that connects to Old Testament prophecy about the Messiah. Yeah. So there is this undertone of Jesus like claiming the Old Testament uh, images of the Messiah. So there's there's a powerful kind of thing there. Yeah. That is a little bit more subtle in people seeing uh, how Jesus is making those really specific connections. Right. Yeah. It's definitely a, there's a statement being made. Yes. There's a statement being made. And you might, you might have to dig for it a little bit or, or it becomes richer the more you learn about it, it, I suppose. Yes. So the other thing that I think Palm Sunday is really good for on an annual basis is for us to be able to examine our expectations about who Jesus is. And yeah. this is where the Palm Sunday story is less less subtle, a little mm-hmm. bit more overt, yeah. because there is definitely a dichotomy here uh, between uh, who, I mean, who, yeah, our expectations of, of cultural expectations of the Messiah as Jesus enters into the, into Jerusalem yeah. and what he's actually doing as Messiah. Yes. Yeah, I think we might be able to look at it uh, from an outside perspective and say, those people yeah. <laughs> saw Jesus in this way. And then if we do skip ahead briefly, then we say, and then they turned on him. Yeah. How could those people do that? Right. And right. a lot of the way, the reason that they could turn on him is because he did not meet the expectations that they had of him. Right. Yes. Uh, and, and then the harder part is... <laughs> How does this reflect on us? Yes, yeah. that that is the you know we just came out of the season of Lent. Uh, Palm yeah. Sunday is the beginning of Holy Week, which is kind of also the official end of oh, Good Friday is kind of the official end. Uh, sorry, Palm Sunday is just kind of the official end of Lent. Yes, um, but I still think it's important for us to ask these reflective Lenten questions. Absolutely. So we were having fun talking about the idea of expectations. Yeah. <laughs> that so we all have expectations we're not immune from putting expectations on jesus or anyone or anyone else or other situations we all constantly have expectations of people and situations and things right whether we know it or not yeah it's not necessarily wrong no to have not expectations, at all. right that's actually a normal part of of any relationship. I mean, if you can, you can think about absolutely any relationship yeah. and recognize that there's some expectation, whether it's voiced or not. And right. I think that's kind of key is yeah. do we communicate the expectation? Because <laughs> relationships by definition have to have at least two people. That's and right. uh, if you're not clear on your expectations, then there's, well, it can get so messy yeah, really it fast. Can. Yeah. So, you know, some, some areas of your life where you have some clear expectations, hopefully your job has some clear expectations. Yeah. So you, as the employee know that you have certain expectations, your employer or your company has expectations of what you will do and how right. you will spend your time while you're there. So that's really clear and helpful to know. 
there are other kinds of relationships that uh, are there's necessary expectations. So maybe like a counseling kind of relationship. Yeah. There's clear expectations about uh, the roles that are happening and the kind of ways that you engage and interact with each other. And then there's the kind of level which we were having fun talking about, which is we have relationships where we have expectations of people, but we maybe have not communicated those. Yes. Or maybe there's some work we need to do to, uh, we don't even know that we have those expectations <laughs> of other people. So here's a fun story. I was telling this to Pastor Holly. Yep. Uh, a story that Christina and I like to tell is after we got home from our honeymoon, after we were first married, uh, I remember this as clear as day, like it was yesterday. Yeah, maybe left a little traumatic <laughs> yeah. imprint on your heart. <laughs> so we get done with dinner and I take my dirty dishes and you all probably like, oh, I know where yep, this is yep. going. I take my dirty <laughs> dishes and I put them on the counter to just to the left of the sink. And Christina walks up. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I I'm can, putting my I dirty dishes it, yeah. on the counter. Right. Like that's where they go. And she's like, that's not where they go. They go in the sink. And I'm like, they do not go in the oh, sink. Wow. And <laughs> so we had just grown up very differently. Yeah. We, my family had always put dirty dishes on the counter. Christina's family had always put dirty dishes in the sink. And the the opposite was always a, a, an annoyance to the other person, yeah. right? Like I was always annoyed when people would put dishes in the sink. And Christina was always annoyed when people would put dishes on the counter. And it was this fascinating moment where we realized for the first time, oh, we have some expectations yes. about how things are going to go. And we just didn't, we, we didn't either, we didn't talk about them. Right. Why would you think to talk about them? Right. right. My favorite thing about that story is how you described it as we grew up very differently Yeah. <laughs> because of the, the eight inch difference of where you put your dirty dishes. Yeah. Like. We are polar opposites. We're polar opposites. <laughs> hey, listen, I mean, when you put dirty dishes in the sink, can you use the sink? <laughs> the answer is no. No, but you know what? Your kitchen looks clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I might be with you. I might be with Christina on this one. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So anyway. And, and, um, and, and the happily ever after here is that you've been married for quite a few years now. Yes. And you've, I don't know if you've learned each other's dishes expectations, but you've worked it out. We, yeah, we still, we still both kind of do our own dish placement thing. Like sometimes they're in the sink, sometimes they're on the counter and it just now doesn't matter as much, you yes, know? So right. that's, yeah. that's fun. <laughs> and I'm thankful for that. But so all of this to say that this is a fun way to, to talk about the idea that we all have expectations yes. that we, that we have, whether stated or unstated, and we do the same thing to Jesus. In fact, we see that same thing that happens. Um, we we see that the disciples even and the people in Jerusalem as Jesus is coming into the city, they have certain expectations of him yeah. as Messiah. And so there's a couple of, uh, if you have heard a Palm Sunday message, you probably have heard these things. And so, but but don't don't let them, this is still important to realize that yeah. there's kind of two primary expectations that the people, the Jewish people thought they had a problem. The problem was the Romans, mm-hmm. right? That they were being, they were oppressed. The Romans were in control and they couldn't really live the way that they wanted to live. So right. God, our problem is the Romans. They're not letting us do what we want. So we need you to do one or two things. We need you to kick the Romans out. You're either going to do that by a military force and so 
you see even uh, you see some of the the text that's quoted in this passage uh, referencing a previous Jewish rebellion, the Maccabee Rebellion, right? Where the Jewish people fought against their oppressors. They're like, we want that again. Like, yeah. so Jesus, come and either do that, or we need a political revolution. Mm-hmm. We need a change of leadership. Yeah. So either way, that's our problem, and that's how you solve it. That's what we expect. Yes, and I have to believe that if we were placed in that context we would probably feel the same way, yeah. right? Because it, it is true that the uh, the Roman Empire had taken over, right? Had had um, brought the, the people of Israel in at, as part of their empire and that they were in that way oppressed and that they were not able to uh, to have any sort of autonomy or at least not to the level that they, that anyone could reasonably hope for. Uh, and then here's Jesus who is coming in and they're like, yes, our yeah, king, our warrior, right. our uh, our hero here. I kind of wonder about the, um, you know, the noise that the crowd made in welcoming Jesus. Is there this sense that they are ready to go to battle with him? Mm. That's kind of what it feels yeah. like, right? Like they're ready. They're making a statement to uh, the Roman Empire that they are that they are ready. Yeah. Um, and I think we can see that reflected in kind of the um, the understanding of the Roman leadership around of we need to nip this in the bud. We right. need to pacify these people because they're rising up. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. If you go back again to our our Palm Sunday discussion last year, we kind of we kind of c- contrasted the two entries into Jerusalem. Yeah. So almost certainly this is Passover. So remember, we just referenced the idea of the Maccabean revolt that happened kind of inter- in between the Testaments. But there's another really super famous a uh, time when God delivered his people from oppressive people, yeah. right? Which is why the Passover exists. So it's the Exodus story right. that God brought his people out of Egypt. Uh, Compl- absolutely I, foundational to the identity of the Hebrew people. Right. Yeah. So you have this festival where they're celebrating God uh, delivering his people from an oppressive government. Right. And right. so the Romans are worried, yeah. right? And so... Almost certainly, the Roman governor of that area, Pilate, would have come in in all the pomp and circumstance and power of imperial might. Right. And so you kind of have this like moment where people are like, ooh, that's cool. Jesus, can you do that? Yes, exactly. And then you kind of, he comes in on a donkey. Yeah. Like, it doesn't quite make sense. Right. Because they've got these huge expectations. And then he start. He starts right from the beginning. He doesn't fulfill them, even though they're hopeful, hope filled, and saying, "Hosanna! Here yeah. comes our King." So you have these really high expectations. So maybe you can kind of begin to see how, by the end of the week, when Jesus doesn't fulfill those expectations, uh, the the people turn on him. Right. So I think the powerful thing here for us, and what we're leaning into, is this idea of. Jesus is fulfilling their hope, but not in the way that they want. Right. Not in the way that they expect. Yeah. So Jesus, so here's kind of the, the, the seminal thought for our Palm Sunday discussion, and here's where it's important to think about how we do this to maybe Jesus and in our lives too. Yeah. Jesus does not come to meet the expectations of the people. Right. He comes to meet their need. Yes. And so what people thought was the problem is not the problem. Right. 
they thought our problem is the Romans. That's why we're not flourishing as a community or as individuals. And so, Jesus, we need you to solve that problem. Yeah. And Jesus comes in saying, actually, you know what your problem is? <laughs> your problem is a heart problem. Yes. Sin reigns and rules. You're broken from relationship with God. And so they expected Jesus didn't come to meet their expectations. He came to meet their need. And he does that for us today as well. Yes. And the people totally missed it. This is the power of this story. This is where it's not, I mean, it's it's very clear <laughs> because the power of love that Jesus shows in this is unbelievable. At the beginning of the week, they have these expectations of Jesus being the Savior, Messiah, King. He doesn't meet that expectation. And so they turn on him and they say, well, maybe you're not it. You're done. You're out. We want you to be, we want you to be crucified. Yeah. Just get get rid of him. Just Essentially, rid he's of him. just not. He did, was not the the hero we expected, not the person that we wanted yeah, right. or that we thought we needed. Yeah. Um, and so, essentially, they're they're still waiting for yeah. this hero to ride in. Right? If it's not Jesus, then get him out of the way. He's a distraction now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the power in Jesus's love is that even though that's what the people expected, even though that's what they wanted, he still died for them yes. anyway. Yes. <laughs> I mean. That's mind blowing. That that's that level of love is even beyond comprehension, mm-hmm. right? Because we know uh, through scripture that um, that Jesus died willingly, uh, voluntarily, right? He 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 could have rejected that uh, that fate. He could have walked away, mm-hmm. but he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's powerful. I read this quote, uh, which which I shared in the message as well, says so that he he Jesus did not come to slay our foes and lift us high. He came to serve and give his life to take care of our real problem, sin, the real barrier for human suffering, uh, and barrier to connection with God. Mm-hmm. For at root, the real heart of the human dilemma is not any of our political problems or social. Uh, issues, but in our sin sickness. Yes. As Jesus said in Mark 7, from our heart, from the heart, the human heart comes war, adultery, murder, slander, and all manner of human misbehavior. The problem then and now was not chiefly how well the borders of the land were protected from foreign peoples. The problem was the unprotected borders of the human heart. Mm. It's just incredible. Jesus comes to inaugurate a kingdom that has a renovation of the heart. And even when he's rejected, <laughs> he still does that for the people who are rejecting him. Yeah, And it's incredible. So I guess the question that we are kind of uh, wrestling with here uh, is in our society, in our culture, in our lives, the question we should be asking, we may say, Jesus, this is the problem. This is the problem. This political yeah. power party is in power. This social issue is reigning and and uh, and I have the answers. I know it needs to to be done right. here. Yeah. Uh, and maybe so we have ec- we're placing expectations on on Jesus or on God, and and uh, I think Jesus wants us to ask a deeper question. Yeah. Where might we need a renovation of our heart? Uh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think we see that a. Um, really clearly in our cultural context, because in our political atmosphere in the U.S., we have had a shift of 
uh, of political power or or of of partisan power, and uh, and we've seen even the church, even followers of Jesus, uh, kind of divided on that, and and thinking that if one party takes power, all will be well, or if the other party does, and really what we've seen is a shift between the two, uh, and you know what, it's not it all is not well right, <laughs> in, yeah. in that realm, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's very clear um, that when we place our hopes and expectations in uh, in any sort of uh, human power or distribution of power, that's not yeah. what Jesus has nope. come to save us from. Nope. And, it's, uh, and it's not where we will find hope. That's right. Um, We're going to find hope, like we talked about last week, in the kingdom of God. Yes. And the kingdom, the justice in the kingdom of God is this idea of shalom, everything being made right. Absolutely. And it's only yeah. Jesus that can do that and not our, our attempts at, at trying to do that political, societal, right. otherwise, whatever right. it is. Um, we, we talked about, we were talking about this a bit earlier in the context of uh, shaping hearts. We've just come out of a series uh, about being shaped like Jesus. Yeah. We talked about how even in this, like the idea of parenting is helpful here mm-hmm. uh, because you can set rules uh, or really clear expectations for your children but unless you shape their heart, those expectations are either just, they're just rules that they don't, they either might care about too much or don't care about at all. Right. So for example, I might want my kid, I, I might say, I could make a rule to say, I want you to always choose to go second or third at mealtimes. Like, yeah. please let someone go, go first. Um, and so they could just, we could just set that as a rule. But if I don't shape their heart to have generosity and compassion and to think about someone else, it could just be a rule. Yeah. But what I want is their heart to be shaped with generosity and compassion and the service of others. Yes. And so if we shape their heart in that way, then then maybe they meet that expectation just natu- more naturally. More naturally and more appropriately in different situations, right? Yeah. I mean, that because then they'll their heart then shaped in a certain way will be able to guide them into uh, a behavior that is honoring to others, um, which is going to look different based on based on different circumstances. Yeah. So, you know, if it's just make sure you're always the third person to be <laughs> right. served at breakfast, then, I mean, at some point your kids are just going to be standing around waiting for somebody to be yeah. the first person, right? It's not going to just work. follow the rules, right? Yeah. yeah. Or they'll grow up and they'll be in a different setting. They'll be like, "Dad's not here. I am going first. I'm digging yeah. <laughs> in," which I don't. I wouldn't expect of your particular children at all. But uh, but but that is the response, right? Yeah. If if our hearts are not shaped in the way of Jesus, then our response of of strictly behavior becomes either fear based, like yeah. we have to do things perfectly, or else we're bad. Yeah. Or it turns into a, a rebellion, mm-hmm. like that. We're not gonna we're not gonna do that anymore yeah. because you can't make me. Yeah. All of this to say, we're trying to give you handles to try to understand what's happening in the Palm Sunday story and how yeah. it can apply to our lives. Jesus comes uh, to answer and solve the real problem that humanity has, which is a sin, an inward sin problem that yeah. has control uh, and that is not allowing the flourishing that he's designed for humanity and a, a disconnect there in a relationship with God. And so... Uh, I love this story in that it's the Jesus is not meeting the people's expectations. He's meeting their need. And I'm so glad that he did. And the question is, do we recognize that? Yeah. Uh, that's what we have to answer. Right. Yeah.
Good questions. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to recognize in ourselves, but I think we have this great advantage of having the Holy Spirit to guide us. Yes. And 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 the Holy Spirit is faithful when we ask for that wisdom and for that, uh, you know, search our hearts, oh God. Uh God is faithful to yes. to show us those things. Yes, he is. Uh so we just want to encourage you, dive into these stories this week. Uh, I invite you, uh, obviously, we want to invite you to our upcoming Good Friday service, which is going to be either in person uh, or it's going to be online via a go-at-your-own-pace Good Friday-type service that you can do on your computer, your tablet, or phone. Uh, We are not going to live stream our Good Friday service because of copyright issues for the music, so we just want to... uh, we want to just encourage you to either come in person or go through the self-paced Good Friday service online. It's really powerful. And then we want to make sure to invite you to Easter Sunday uh, when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. These are powerful moments in the in the church in church life and in the history of our faith. And yes. I'm just excited to see what Jesus is going to do. So fun. It's so exciting to be able to celebrate. And I'll just add that the, that Easter service, we, we will be meeting in person and yes. also online, yes. live streamed. Uh, so if you are, right. are not able to make it in person, then we encourage you to join us online for yes, that. Absolutely. All right, everyone. We're so thankful that you take some time to listen. Blessings on your week. Mm-hmm.